it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello there, welcome to New Horizons for this week. I'm Vaughan Bennison. What will you do for work? We all know that uh, employment of people with a disability, and more specifically people who are blind or vision impaired, is very, very low. John Simpson mentioned last week in our interview that I had been doing New Horizons now for five years regularly. I thought, given the interest in this topic, I would replay the first regular New Horizons episode I did back in December of 2015. I spoke then with Ricky Chaplin, who had recently moved from Brisbane to Melbourne for a job with Blind Citizens Australia. Now bear in mind that whilst many of the topics we discuss are still relevant today, some of the uh, the finer points are five years out of date, and uh, just bear that in mind as you listen to this episode. Why don't you start by telling us exactly what your position is with uh, Blind Citizens Australia? I work as a national advocacy and policy officer here, so um, we work at both individual and systemic advocacy levels, and um, we also are involved in in policy work, so that means writing submissions to various consultations uh, conducted by government, and also developing uh, policies which Blind Citizens Australia uh, holds on specific topics. I've been in Melbourne uh, just over 12 months now, and um, yeah, it was uh, quite a big move at the time and a big decision to uh, apply for the job down here. I'm from Brisbane originally, and um, yes, of course, we know each other very well from Brisbane. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so um, I guess I was inspired partly by you, uh, because you moved down to Hobart, of course, uh, to take up your position with RPH. And um, yeah, another guy that I knew in uh, North Carolina in America had um, moved quite a significant distance to take on employment. So I figured, well, if I can do it, I can. So yep, I decided to apply for the job down here and I was successful. When you first moved, my understanding it was a temporary contract. Did you have any concerns about what might happen after that finished? I figured that uh, I was unemployed at the time. I'd just finished a uh, contract with JobFind in Bundaberg and I'd actually moved from Bundaberg to Brisbane in the May of 2014 uh, because I figured I had a better chance of of, uh, finding more employment in Brisbane. Um, This job came up in um, about September, it was advertised, I think, and I hadn't had any luck in Brisbane, so I figured, well, I'd rather um, have a go at uh, getting a job that I was reasonably confident I'd be able to to get and to master, um, and take the risk and move to Melbourne and just see what happens. I, I, I didn't see any point in sitting there hoping that a job might come up in Brisbane. I figured, you know, if there was something that I uh, had a very good likelihood of being able to do, then I should go ahead and do it. Hmm. And I think that's one of the things, isn't it, when you're blind or vision impaired or indeed when you have any form of disability is to go where the work is and, and you know, don't sweat the small stuff because you, you can cope. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, when I think about um, some of the informal uh, networks that we've developed down here, um, we've become quite friendly with uh, people across the road. Uh, I'm actually, I'm living on my own at the moment. My partner's in the States, and she will be until mid-December or so. Um, so, yeah, I know that um, if I have any trouble, I can contact those people, or if I just want to uh, go over there and enjoy a meal or whatever, um, those guys are really great. Um 
we've gotten to know a pharmacist in our apartment block. Um, so that's been kind of handy. Um, yeah, there's, so there's all these sorts of different people that you meet along the way. Um, I've become quite good friends with a family um, out in the southeastern suburbs, I think they live. Um, they have a little boy with uh, Norris disease, which is the condition that I have. Um, so we met up through other activities that we're involved in uh, with the Norris Disease Association, which is uh, an international association. But yes, there you go. You know, like I ran into all these people that um, we had no idea we were going to meet and they've been a great help to us. And of course, you, you spent some time in your younger years going to the National Braille Music Camp and no doubt you met people from Melbourne um, who went to that as well. Have you been able to sort of rekindle old connections since you went down there? Uh, just recently, actually, yeah, I um, uh, went to Barb Williams's place. Um, Melbourne people will know Barb. She was a music teacher and attended music camp many years ago. Um, you know, the last time I'd seen Barb was about 1990 or something like that, and I think she barely remembered who I was. But at that gathering, yes, I did meet um, quite a few people who'd been to music camp over the years, and I hadn't been in a very long time myself. But um, another guy I ran into down here who I didn't even know had moved uh, at the time was Tristan Hodson. And Tristan, of course, has been helping me with New Horizons over the last uh, oh, eight months or so. So, yeah, you know, it was really good to catch up with him. That's the value of organisations like the National Braille Music Camp and indeed Blind Citizens Australia is that you get to make contact with people who um, are either in your walk of life professionally or who are going through some of the similar things to what you're going through at any given time. There's nothing like actually getting together and chatting over a drink or, you know, sitting on a couch or something. There's something very special about being able to get together with your peers who are blind or vision impaired. And back in my earlier days in Brisbane, um, that was something that I really gained a huge benefit from. Um, in fact, you know, as a teenager, I'd always been encouraged not to associate with people who are blind or vision impaired. But once I started to do that in my early 20s, it was such a liberating experience. It, it literally changed my life um, in many ways for the better. Uh, and so, you know, I would encourage anybody um, who hasn't had that opportunity but who would like to, um, you know, go to a BCA convention or get together at a local branch or whatever the case may be, go ahead and do it because you're going to meet some fantastic people. Tell me, Rick, just before we change the subject, what do you think was the scariest thing about moving? Um, I think probably the scariest thing was actually trying to find somewhere to live. Um, as it happened, we managed to do that reasonably quickly, but yeah, that was the hardest thing. I think moving into a location that we had absolutely no geographical knowledge of um, and yeah, being able to get around without any, uh, we didn't, you know, didn't have a car or anything like that. Um, so yeah, having to utilize uh, public transport we were unfamiliar with, um, even taxis that we were unfamiliar with at the time. Um, down here, it was you know it's quite quite a different experience to say Bundaberg, where all the cab drivers know you. So, um, and yeah, you know even in Brisbane, there's you know having lived there most of my life, there was some degree of familiarity, I guess. At least I knew where I was going. Um, but yeah, that that was a hard thing to do. Um, and then of course, you know, going through all the things that you have to do, like applying for the uh, the taxi subsidy scheme down here, as opposed to the the Queensland one, for example, getting all that stuff in place, it does take a bit of time. Um, but yeah, it was certainly rewarding once I'd finished it all. I think that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because even things like taxis are different across 
the country and in different areas. One of the things that struck me recently when I went to Perth for the Blind Citizens Australia Convention in October was that they have the London cabs over in, in Perth, which I found absolutely fascinating, never having seen one of those before. Even when you, when you travel to different countries and things like that, I'm, I've only been to the States, but, you know, it's really interesting to hear about other people's experiences of travelling overseas and, um, you know, to, and listening to them talk about those subtle nuances that can make a big difference in your uh, sort of daily experience. I caught the train recently when I was in Melbourne um, to visit my father and I was sitting on the train and I suddenly realised I actually don't know how to open the doors anymore because when I lived in Melbourne, uh, which was 137 years ago, <laughs> actually it was really only about 20 odd years ago, but um, you manually push the doors open and I, I don't even know whether you do that anymore. No, that's right. In fact, that was one of the things I found catching a train down here in Brisbane. The doors open automatically, um, whereas down here they don't. So you've actually got to get prepared, otherwise you might well go past your stop, which I did once. Yeah, and so, you know, little things like that can really undo you if you're not careful. Yeah, and actually the trams down here. Now, I love the trams. I love the tram bells. I think they're fantastic. Um, but, yeah, that was a completely new mode of transport to me. Um, so, yeah, uh, getting O&M down here as you know, as soon as I possibly could was really important uh, so that I could uh, get to know how to use that method of transport. And also, um, I started to use GPS for the first time, so I... I use Blind Square to get into work each day. Um, it sort of tells me what intersections I'm passing and that kind of thing. And you get you get familiar with the route when you do it. And of course, not all the trams are dance down here, so it's a very handy tool to have. But um, all of those new things, you know, when you move into a new environment or try a new experience, uh, in a lot of ways, you're forced to take on things that you may not have otherwise done. So you know, that, that's another positive of it. Mm. I'd like to focus a bit on what you've been doing with Blind Citizens Australia over the last well, bit over a year, because it has been a bit over a year now. So why don't you tell me some of the uh, the successes that you've had? Yep, sure. So um, I've attended uh, many of the disability advisory group meetings for various departments. Um, so uh, the Victorian Electoral Commission uh, being one of them, uh, Victoria Police, um, I've been to, we had an education meeting on Monday, actually, I can't get to that one, but um, yeah, I have been to that advisory group in the past. So uh, I really went about reforming the relationships that we had with some of the state government department advisory groups. Uh, the Taxi Services Commission was another one. Um, and yeah, we, we kind of lost connection with those um those departments along the way, um, just because of the changes that have occurred within BCA and within head office, um, you know, in the last 18 months or so. So it was really good to get those relationships up and running again. Um, and I've also written several uh, submissions to various government consultations. And in fact, I'm just about to put one in to the Australian Human Rights Commission's Willing to Work inquiry. Um, and... I've also done an education submission earlier in the year. The uh, disability standards for education were reviewed. Um, I have to report, sadly, uh, that not a great deal has changed since the last reviews have been done. And in fact, um, I was able to borrow from documents that had already been written from 2011 and update them uh, to be current, of course, but we still have some work to do, particularly around the area of getting those standards 
recognised and enforced. I think is you know enforceability is the big thing. I think that's that's really what we're after because at the moment the standards are there and they're they're good in themselves, but until they become legislation and until we get some consequences uh, for uh, schools companies, whatever the case may be, not, not complying with them, uh, we're going to have an uphill battle. And so that's the, the kind of stuff that I've been trying to do this year. Um, of course, I've done some individual advocacy work as well and had some really good stories come out of that. Um, I interviewed David Blythe earlier in the year about the outcome we got with Vic Roads um, and the auditory traffic signal uh, that was put in uh, near his new house, which was great. And from there, we've actually established a really good relationship again with Vic Roads, and that's been really good to see. And um, we should be uh, reporting for our broader membership on the processes of, the processes of um, negotiating with your, your local transport providers or, you know, Vic Roads, as the case may be, uh, in terms of pedestrian safety, and just outlining some of the processes that uh, departments like that employ and how you, how you negotiate those processes to get things done. And of course, we know that you've done a fabulous job over the last little bit over a year now in uh, New Horizons. So, you know, on behalf of uh, of the listener, thank you very much for your efforts on New Horizons. And I know that today is certainly not going to be the last time that we hear from you. No, I'm I'm really pleased to be able to uh, contribute to New Horizons into the future, both at a uh, communications committee level, uh, so we'll be working together to determine the content, but also being interviewed by yourself on New Horizons about the uh, the various issues that, that arise. And yeah, as a presenter, it's been a real pleasure to be able to interview uh, some wonderful people on New Horizons to hear about what people are doing and to develop my own skills in the, in the broadcast area. There's other things that... Um, that I would like to do, separate from uh, from my work at BCA, but uh, certainly in the broadcast area. Having been a, a former musician um, and producer in the country music field, it's something I'd like to pursue. And now you know who to go to if you've got any issues that uh, need Blind Citizens Australia's assistance. By all means, give Ricky a ring at the number you'll hear at the end of this program. Ricky, thanks for joining us on New Horizons, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again next time. Thanks very much, Bourne. It's been a pleasure. Ricky Chaplin there, who's now Policy and Advocacy Team Leader within Blind Citizens Australia. Don't forget, BCA is shut down from this Friday, the 18th of December, until the 4th of January. So if you need to speak to BCA, do so fairly quickly. The telephone number, 1-800-033-660. If you'd like to email bca at bca.org.au. On behalf of all of us at Blind Citizens Australia, I wish you all the very best with the Christmas and holiday period and I'll talk to you again next week. We'll